Welcome to the Business Connections Podcast, where we help you connect the dots in your business. In business, we make connections every day. We connect with customers. We connect with partners and providers. We connect ideas. We even connect problems with solutions. Without connections, nothing happens. Listen in as we connect you with some of the best minds in business and share the secrets behind their success. And now, here are your hosts, Melanie Colling and Brett Jarman. Today, I'm speaking with Myrna DeHart from South Africa. Myrna is a successful businesswoman, a social change champion and a motivational speaker on her passion topic, which is from fear to freedom. So hi, Myrna, and welcome. Oh, good morning. Thank you very much for the invite. Privileged oh. to be here. My pleasure. And I must say that Myrna has been so dedicated and she's um, speaking to us at 5 a.m. her time. Um, so, yeah, special mention for getting up super early. Well done. <laughs> and looking fabulous, I must say, at 5 a.m. I'm not sure I'm looking like that. <laughs> I must say, I looked last night, I was thinking, I wonder if it's going to be just, you know, talk or whether there will be visuals. And when I opened my eyes this morning at 20 to 5, I got your email and I saw we will be Zooming. And I thought, ish, I better start Zooming myself. <laughs> oh, so I love thank that. you. I love that. <laughs> so, yes, we are Zooming and recording, uh, but we usually just use the audio. But we can use snippets of the video as well um, for, like, social media and things. Like oh, that. okay. Thanks so, for telling me now. Yeah. Always <laughs> best to be prepared anyway, isn't it? <laughs> True. All right, so I'm super excited about talking to you today and in particular um, about your journey from mainstream business into, um, you know, becoming a champion of social causes and social change. Um, So do you want to delve into that a little bit for me um, and share this part of your journey with our listeners? Yes. You know, um, through my story that you read you and also the story that will be in the book, you would have seen that, you know, my life got quite horrific after being quite sterling and um, once that happened I had to like really reevaluate what am I all about what do I want to do how do I want to do it and I decided good now it's time to take stock and to go back to the basics go back to the things you know I used to like as a child go back to things that made me excited because after a while you can just get bogged down in a job you know even if it's your own business Life just takes you on a route. You just carry on like on a wheel the whole day. So I went back and I thought, gosh, when I was younger, you know, I used to love helping people. Uh, I always love helping people. I used to love fashion. Um, So how can I get back to that? I don't want to be a fashion designer, you know, that will help people to dress better. Believe me, some people need that, but yeah, that's not (laughs) according to me that we want to uh, achieve. Um, and I'm an entrepreneur, so I started by thinking, okay, South Africa needs more entrepreneurs. And the problem is that a lot of the school kids only learn about entrepreneurship, you know, once they failed at university. They go to university and then, you know, they realize they don't want to do that course and they maybe change to a different course and then eventually, you know, they in a job and they think, oh, or they don't find a job, and then everybody all of a sudden says, oh, but, you know, why don't you become an entrepreneur? And I think that's too late. So I thought it's better to plant the seed early on. Mm. And in South Africa, we've got a lot of poor people. Um, So due to our past, I then decided to look at rural school girls and invite them to do a a course on entrepreneurship, to see how it will work, you know, to see if, if there might be an opportunity. Yeah, because something I'm good with is working with children, you know, doing entrepreneurship. And I thought that would really help them. So I got a group of um, 20 high school girls from the rural areas together. We did a, a workshop. It, it went really great. You know, we did work on not just entrepreneurship, but also about you worked with the jockey, you know, on how to become more uh, assertive and look at ideas and see what are possibilities if you, you know, don't have money, look around you, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that program went really well. I entered it for a competition and I won a 100,000 rand from the International Labour Organization. Oh, wow. And That's I thought, cool. great. This is now the money that will allow me to go back to what I wanted to do. You know, I love 
fashion and all these things I said now now so um I thought okay now I have to put my money where my mouth is I taught the girls that you don't need a lot of money to start a business you need a great attitude and you need an idea and then you need resources from your environment so a uh, hundred thousand rand is not a lot of money but it was enough after the big loss we had you know we had no money I couldn't go to a bank to ask for money so I had to generate my own so I was basically where they were um and uh, yes, I started looking at things around me, the, the fabric that's available. We started working with waste fabric and Whitpick boxes and pizza boxes and, you know, some glue and Mod Podge and beads and whatever. And we created a, a nice range, you know, and I entered that in a competition in, in America and I won a gold Stevie Award uh, for the best new consumer product. So I thought, okay, great. Um, there is definitely something, you know, and I'm working, I was working with my housekeeper, with my gardener, with his wife, with their cousins, so it's all, so working with all the unskilled people and um, winning this award, you know, showed, so, they, you know, there is a possibility for this that it could work, so I was really excited, okay, because I was really making a change in normal people's lives. That's cool. And how, how much is 100,000 rand? In, in in Australian dollars, it must be about it must be roughly about ten thousand US uh, dollars. Okay, all right. So it's a fair chunk of money. Okay, it's a fair chunk of money, but it's you know, yeah. I could I could make a start with that. Yes, with people around me. Yeah. Um, I then realised that okay, now now I won award, you know, so better launch something now. <laughs> and at the same time, we've got a we've got a uh, a charity, yeah, a children's charity, HIV/AIDS children's charity called Morningstar. And I was doing motivational sp uh, speech to some um, NGOs, and the picture was in the, the newspaper. And the lady remembered me from uh, long ago when I trained some of her staff, and she called me and she said, "Myrna, please, we've got a women's project that we're going to close down because our." Have grown from eight children to four hundred and seventy-eight children. So we just don't have the time or the imagination to still look after the mothers of the children. Mostly, most of them are sick, but you know they've got some skills in beading and in sewing. And I said, "Well, you know, it's exactly what I'm looking for. So I'm looking for more skilled ladies uh, because the things we want to make." consumer you know products like backpacks and pillows the things that can get into the tourism market i need more skilled ladies okay so then i went to meet them and yes before i knew it i was heading up the the women's side of the of the charity okay they then became pillow and heart and um yeah that was i think in 2014 yes so then the year after that we were invited to show because there's really very few good quality products coming from social enterprises, you know, in, in our area of, of, of neck of the woods. My aim was really to make something with local fabric that has got a, a Western appeal. That's why it's called Pillow and Heart. Heart is my surname and Pillow means heart in Sutu. And we're using the traditional Sutu fabrics. Oh, okay. I like it. And um, we were invited. Um, to a show in Johannesburg, one of the biggest shows, and we walked away with the best stall and the best uh, quality award, you know, so we were really excited. Yes, and that's how we started. There were now nine ladies, and uh, now we've got 14 of them, uh, all linked to the HIV AIDS uh, children's charity in some way or another. So now I've got a chance to really live my creativity. I can come up with, with the products. Mm -hmm. And I can take it to the market. I can use all my skills, all my entrepreneurial skills, while I can help them use their skills to, to gain an income. Okay, so I work out what kind of products we need through what I can hear people want. Or, you know, if I see something, I think, oh, that could really work very nicely. We try it. Uh, and then, you know, of course, I've got a lot of more experience than them. So I can be out there talking to people, networking and trying to find. And, and then I've been able to support them. I mean, it's like any small business, um, you need to, you know, in the first few years, support them to become sustainable. So, yes, that's how I went from 
being a normal business owner now to having a business with purpose. So the purpose is to ensure that the ladies have got an income, that they use their skills, that we unlock their potential so that they can see, you know, they can do something. My housekeeper, she is now working there. She is a fantastic sewer. And before that, she didn't even know. I mean, she's, she's excellent with, with everything we do there. She's great with the beading. She's great with the embroidery. She's great with the plick. She's great with sewing. Never knew it, you know? So she'll say, she says to me, ma'am, I never even knew my hands could do these things until I met you. <laughs> and that's what I love, you know? In her mind, you know, she was just a mother that had needed an income and housekeeping was what was available. Yeah. So, um, and so their you, stories to me. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Awesome. amazing. How do you attract the women? Like you said, you had your housekeeper and gardener to start with, and then you kind of partnered with the, the, the charity. How have you found those you know, women for 14 women and, and what do they get out of it as well? They, found, they find us every mm. time. You know, we will get to work or I'll get a phone call to say, listen, Myrna, uh, we've got this lady. She has just gone through a terrible ordeal. You know, she was walking home and she was assaulted and raped and she's really not seeing a, a way open to continue living um, don't you have a space for her? And I said, yes, bring her, okay? If she's willing to learn, uh, this is a safe environment, it's all just women, you know. And there she came about four or five months ago. She comes every Saturday to learn how to sew. And um, the lady that referred her to us was saying to me, we just can't believe the difference that we see in her, you know? There she was, devastated. She was totally ready to give up and she is loving it okay so to, to see that change I just you know to me that just makes everything worthwhile uh, the other young lady was running away from a gang you know and sometimes the impact this simple act of just taking people in and allowing them to come and learn and see uh, under our guidance for us it's a simple act I mean yes sure we've now taught her to make these beautiful uh, paper mache bowls you know also with the waste fabric I just love them I've been wanting to make them for the last two years I've, I've just not had the time okay so little Linda came in the, the youngest member and we said okay this is your task uh, play around with that you know and she's got two little ones at home so she's mostly working from home not so she doesn't have to come in and uh, waste money on on transport and when I went to visit uh, I said okay you know um do you like working at Bello and Art? And she, she just burst into tears. She said, ma'am, if I wasn't working there, I would be dead. I was, you, you literally saved my life. You know, you don't expect that sometimes, you know. Uh, she was caught up in a gang. She had a, a boyfriend that was like a, a lead uh, gang man, don't know how you call it, okay. And um, yes, he was totally possessive and threatening her and whatever. And she just had to run away with her uh, two children overnight, okay, be incognito and then you know had nothing to do mm. so she ended up there by us and you know she, she's got so much potential that's great, that, great that's the one thing working in this space yeah. you're very limited with what you can do uh you know because yes you always kind of need some some funding yeah. okay to be able to do more yeah it sounds like you're making a huge impact on their lives and building their own little community at the same time or a new community for them to be part of, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, that's very fulfilling, you know, that, that kind of satisfaction I didn't get in a mainstream company. It's yeah. all about you, you know, and yes, you've got your employees, but it's about the, the, the company uh, being a success, you know, the bottom line and the, all those things. Over mm -hmm. here, it's absolutely about, what is the next thing we can do that would add value to their lives? Yeah. And so how do you, I know you've um, entered competitions for funding um, and also, you know, being asked to show your products, which is great. So connecting with those sort of sources um, to support your community and your, and your ladies. Um, but how do you find clients um, and how do you find other opportunities to fund so that you can kind of, you know, impact more people? 
Yes, look, when I took them over, we now first had to pillow and heartify all the products, okay, because they had skills of doing things, but not what I, my vision was. My, so we had to first teach them. So we couldn't really go out and market uh, until now this year. Okay, so we now at that stage. In the beginning, I first had to teach them the products. Then last year, we focused on, not last year, the year before, we focused on getting the skills level correct because uh, how they used to work is everybody used to make the same pillow. But, you know, everybody doesn't have the same skill. So then you get a product at the end that you really can't take to market because not one of them are the same size, you know. Somehow <laughs> they've got a pattern, but it just, okay. So I had to spend a lot of time on, um, you know, Quality pattern control. making. <laughs> yes, but, but also figuring out who has got what skill. Okay, we had one lady, Masabata, a fabulous girl. Where she was like the heart and soul of of the group, you know, always laughing, always got the music on, always ready to make a funny dancing video, you know, couldn't speak two words of English um, and couldn't stitch two stitches that were straight. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> everybody must have a home there. That's, that's how I feel. So if I had to figure out who must make which product. Okay, so, so I first had to look at the whole idea of, okay, that person is good with this. And it takes months. Uh, to find this out, but yes, we're in a rhythm now, and each body, each each one has got their own area of expertise. Somebody else can also make what they make for in case, you know, because they're not always at work. They often have to go to clinic because of their sickness and whatever. But yes, so that was the first step. That that took a real couple of months. Sadly, my Sabata passed away at the beginning of the year due to her sickness. So we really miss her. Oh. We used to call her Twisted Sister <laughs> because <laughs> the steps were always. And the stitch, but, but never mind. We found a product that she could make with pride. Okay, where it didn't really matter if, if the stitches were that perfectly straight or not. Um, yes, yeah, so that took a lot of time. And now, once we got that right, that everybody can make the same product at the same standard, then I could go out and, and find you know some some markets. But then we had to build up stock. So that was what, where we were at the beginning of the year. So then we were asked by um, an airport shop, which is a big shop, if we could deliver to them. Okay? And, you know, then they started ordering too fast, because, <laughs> you know, which was great. But then I realized, okay, now we need to start working on, on doing stock. Now that, that takes money, né? that mm. takes upfront money. So I've been um, supporting them, but now we're at that level where um, we need to, you know, find more markets. Okay. So our products are more or less stable now. We, we're just designing our last uh, African traditional doll. She's so cute with a little girl's dress that goes with it. And that will be our promotion then for, for Christmas. But other than that, you know, then we will now start looking at markets. We used to have a lady in Australia, fabulous lady, and she used to take uh, three consignments a year and she sold them at all the markets, the Sterling markets and the Rotary markets and hospital markets. But now also the middle of this year, she's she's in her late 70s. So I don't know how she did it. She's an absolute angel, um, Madeleine Robinson. So she just emailed to say, okay, you know, she she just can't anymore um, hmm. due to her. So we kind of lost that part now. So we'll be looking for somebody else in, in Australia that would take up the, the baton. Because what used to happen is we used to send the suitcases, either with people going to Australia uh, or via postage, she used to sell, and then the profits she used to send back to Morningstar Children's Hospital uh, charity. Okay, Lovely. so it's, it's a big circle like this. Okay, yeah. so we've 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 lost her now, which I think will be a a, a gap for us to find. Mm. Yeah, so now we've got all the products. We photographed them all. Um, you you would only have seen now recently our, our um, Facebook page, but yes, on Instagram every day I've. I focus on one of the ladies telling a little bit of their story and one of the products. So we're ready now to start rolling out um, a, a marketing marketing campaign. campaign. That's exciting. Yes. Yes. It's very exciting. Yes, yeah. that we've we've got to that stage now. You know. And have you taught any of the ladies um, entrepreneurship or how are you bringing that in? So yes. your skills that you've brought to it, how are you then teaching others that? Okay, so. Uh, I have got the two 
supervisors. Okay? Uh, they were the first ones I taught. So whenever we invited to an exhibition, I take one of them with, you normally only allowed one person at the exhibition, but I normally convince the, the organizers that we will be two. <laughs> so I've been taking Tavi Singh with me. You know, they have to see because their environment is so different mm. from where the products end up. Okay, so they have to see the people that will be buying it and uh, the other products that's, that's on offer so they can know that w why must the standard be good. Okay, mm. so I've not really delved into the entrepreneurial side yet because there's just such a big gap still even between sewing and meeting yeah. the real world, if you want to call it like that. Yeah. So now, this year, I was able to send Ntabi Singh and Anele on their own to an exhibition. Because Ntabi oh. Singh has learned now. Okay, so this was Anela's first time to ever even go out of Valcom to a big city. And earlier in the year, I could send Aggie, my housekeeper, and Aleta for the first time. You know, they've never lived in a hotel. They've never been to Johannesburg. They, you know, they love it. How did um, they go? Lost. It went great. Yes, very, very good. Okay, normally I would go with. So I went with Aggie and with Aleta to now show them the ropes. But then I sent Ntabi Singh and um, Anele on their own because Ntabi Singh has now had four chances to go. And it went really well. Okay? So last year, Ntabi Singh flew for the first time and she went to Nigeria to one of the exhibitions. Okay, so through that process, slowly but surely, okay, yeah. now we've taught them about customer care, of course, and we've taught them about... Uh, how to be a good supervisor. Uh, but yes, the dream is still to use uh, part of our premises as a youth entrepreneurial incubator. Mm. That's where the idea, my idea started, remember? Yep. Okay, now first we be sustainable to be able to, to get some income and show people what we can do. And um, yes, so now we will start looking for funding because that would need funding. Yeah, the ladies won't be able to. At the moment, they're generating enough mo money to to feed themselves. Okay, so when I I started the project, they were earning oh, like two, three hundred rand a month. Okay, mm -hmm. now they are all earning way over thousand eight hundred, two thousand five hundred, three thousand rand, which which are a reasonable living great uh, income. Okay, yeah. so that's what it's really about on that side. So that has taken a, a bit more time and focus than what I originally thought it yeah. would take. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. So, yes, the long-term vision is still to take the schoolgirls and show them what we are doing and have funding for me to spend time with them to plant the entrepreneurial seed. And we would then be able to take them up into our cohort, yeah. you know, and give them ex um, uh, access to the markets or, or whatever. Mm. Um, I think of all the ladies that are there, Linda was probably the one that ran away from the, the, the boyfriend that's a gangster. I think she will be my first one that I would really like to take through the entrepreneurial process. Okay, but that's she's great. now very new there too. Yeah. Because yeah. you could do like a scholarship program, couldn't you? Or, and, you know, and some of those girls can come in and, and, you know, learn some skills and then take on particular roles can't they and you know maybe yes. help with marketing because you know they might have access and new ideas so that's really exciting to bring two different generations together as well yes yes because our youngest is linda she's 27 and our oldest is lydia she's 74 wow so i mean it's a lot of generations yeah there. yeah it's great i love it now i'm just going to touch i mean i could talk to you all day about this because it sounds just absolutely amazing um and i've got some connections for you after this so i'll i'll um, Fabulous. ideas already for you um but i just want to i just want to touch on um you know your story that got you to here because i did read a little bit but share a little bit to the listeners about you know you've been in business and all those things that happened to you and you know you can share as little or as much as you want okay that. i know a lot of things happen but just give listeners a bit of a background to you know okay. what happened and, and that journey that got you to you know palo and heart now okay yes as i said you know i was uh, always thought born under a lucky star you know had everything life just went well i always fell on my feet wherever i went and um yes then 
we decided that we wanted to have a business together, my husband and I. So we bought an engineering business. Okay. Mistake number one, I'm not an engineer. Okay. But I thought I would be able to help him. Okay. You know, this helping yep. uh, thing I have here in my being. Um, okay. So we, we bought an existing business. And he was the engineer and I took up all the... Initially, I was not going to work in the business, but yes, you know, then I realized no, I'll have to be there. Went there and I had this uh, second in charge lady that did uh, manage the finances. She was, you know, she knew the system. Okay, so we started working. We worked really hard. It was a great business. Okay, we did really, we did well and we worked hard with the mines. Then the gold price took a turn and then the mine had a problem. And then one of our biggest customers um, closed down, you know, so business in general happened. Okay. So then you kind of go into crisis mode and um, she basically used the crisis mode to, you know, befangle us with millions of rats. So being the most trusted person sitting in all our meetings and discussing these things, you know, you always think how on earth is it possible? But believe me, it is possible. Okay. So there we were, we lost millions and me with my fear of not ever having enough money, I had to say every single day to um, creditors, I can't pay you. And I've never said those words. I mean, ever since I was small, I could say, I can. Give it to me. I can do it. Mommy, I can do it. No, you can't. You're too small. But I can. Okay. So, um, yes, I had to say I can a lot. And without realizing it, that put me in a terrible depression. Because for the first time ever in my life, I had to say these words, you know. Um, yes, it was a, a very difficult situation because we have two kids and we've got the business and, you know, like normal bills that have to be paid and and now your business is going to be ruined you try to rescue it but after a while you just have to realize this and no point throwing good money after bad time for us to close the business at that stage i was the first female president of a predominantly male chamber okay so you know i was making waves and of course now you can't now yeah you are the, the head of a business chamber and you can't even run your own business. That's the kind of things that go through your mind. Mm. Um, but in any case, um, we then decided after cashing in policies and trying to rescue the company and, you know, trying not to make enemies, which is not always possible in life. Eh? Even good people <laughs> make mm. enemies at some stage. <laughs> we had to learn that, that it, it's fine. Life happens. You just have to deal with it. Okay. So after that, we then closed the business, okay? And yes, I had to start over with something. Um, we found Barry a job through, through our network. And then barely two months later, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night with a gun against my head. So yeah, we were already depressed. We already lost millions, <laughs> barely hanging on to the assets that we've got. And there I've got two small children in the room next door. Uh, sleeping. I've got my little dog that I rescued from the street sleeping next to me and she normally don't allow anybody to come close to me. Uh, and she was just as quiet as can be, you know. Oh, of course, I had such a fright. Um, talk about from fear to freedom, as I say, you know. Mm. I've always faced my fears. I always, you know, then I had to go through that difficult situation of losing the company and I was still in that depressed mode and next year's done against our heads. And my heart felt like it was just jumping out of my chest, you know. And as I say, you, you don't know what God plans for you. Okay, So, yeah, you had all those other terrible things to go through, maybe to prepare you for this moment, which was between life and death. Um, I was just thinking, please, please don't let my kids wake up. Please don't let my dog bark because any little noise can set off something that we don't want. Okay. Uh, let's just keep this guy with the, the gun calm. Let's just try and keep a, a calm situation, even though my heart was going like this. And um, yes, so they, they tied up my husband. They put him on the floor. They covered him with a blanket and they kept me walking up and down, showing them you know, in my summer pajamas to um, show them where everything was. And then every now and again, I had to lie down and they would throw the blanket over me and 
throw a box over my, you know, empty box over my head because they couldn't find what they were looking for and trying to entice my dog so to bark. And you was just have, you know, I just breathed in deeply and said, stay calm, please don't let the kids wake up, please don't let the dog bark. You can't believe she always barks. She she bites, she used to bite my children. I mean, she didn't have teeth anymore, but you know, she, she it's amazing how they also just know. No. She was lying next to me under that blanket and she was not making a beep. Yo, yeah, that was a terrible experience, eh? Must have been so um, scary. It was extremely scary, you know, and I didn't think, you know, I thought, yeah, no, no, we'll be okay, you know, nothing happened. And but it does, it does hit you afterwards, eh? I mean, for a couple of years, it it is there in the back of your mind. And at the weirdest moments when I speak to people, I would just burst out in tears. You know, I I would never be an emotional people. Yes, I would be, you know, outgoing and whatever. But you would never see me cry or anything. You know, now I was talking in public and I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> just all of a sudden when I speak about this, I used to think, you know, it's such a poor sign, you know, you, you know, you don't cry, it's a sign of weakness, but uh, yes, I, I've kind of overcome that too now, I see, you know, if you, if it comes, then it comes, then I cry and I talk through it and some people in the audience cry with me and, you know, it kind of seem okay. Yes, so eventually uh, they tied me up and they left and, um, yeah, so then we basically had nothing, you know, we did have no business, we had no assets, we had no jewellery or TVs or, or whatever. So okay, they took so everything, really everything that was of value in your home. They took. Absolutely everything that was of value, yes. Okay, you'll see. I mean, I, only, I still only wear, you know, costume jewellery. Yeah. I refuse to to get the real stuff anymore because uh, people just steal it. Mm. Uh, surprisingly, which was, I think we had about four or five TVs in the house. Now we have none <laughs> after they robbed us. We just never replaced TVs, not for any specific reason, but it's been great, you know, so the, the family has spent more time together. Um, we just, you know, get other things to do. Now, of course, there's Netflix and whatever, so we could sit and watch something together or, Mm. Girls are becoming teenagers now, so they also watch by themselves. But yeah, we've just so I've got a lot more walls to to hang <laughs> art on. I love art, so um, I'm not really missing it so much. But yes, yeah, so then I was further even in a depression because I was still having to say no, I can't pay you. Mm. And uh, yes, I didn't even want to come out of my room. I was lying in my bed. You know, if people came. I was in my room. Oh gosh, I was just a room dweller, which is not me at all. And then I was invited by the Small Enterprise Development Agency to attend an entrepreneurial course. And I was um and eyeing, and I thought, I'm obviously not an entrepreneur. I'm not even a friggin' businesswoman. I can't even be, you know, the president of the chamber because look at this, you know, what can I show for all my years' work? I couldn't even choose the right person to work for me. You know, there I chose this person. I thought she was fabulous. And there she was, meanwhile, a friggin' group. Okay, but long story short, I decided at the end, okay, I'm going. Wow, it was such a fabulous course. It was a, a very intense six-day course. So you stay at the venue. And during that time, it's a United Nations course called Empretec. During that time, you have to run a business, make money in that week, and write a business plan on your business, and write down the, your entrepreneurial capabilities. Okay, and they've got, they've got a whole list. So by the middle of the week, you know, I shared how I feel and my story, you know, of how I don't think I'm really an entrepreneur or all the things that happened with me. And I realized lots of people have gone through similar things, you know. Yeah, I thought I was the only one there that's a total um, mislit and what's that now in English? Um, yeah, total disappointment <laughs> to to life of entrepreneurship, or um, and you know that also made me break down, and and I really shared a lot of things to to one of my colleagues there, and then I realised that kind of was the breakthrough that you know by saying I can't, I can't, I can't, that is what has brought me here, you know. Mm. subconsciously that then the penny dropped it's because I've been speaking those words and in, instead of taking action 
you know, I have regressed. So I thought this, bugger this, okay, I'm not ever going to say those words again. I'm, I'll find ways of speaking to creditors, of speaking what I'm going to take steps and I'm never ever going, if that means I'm not answering the phone, then I'm rather going to hand it all over to a lawyer to do the speaking. You know, I just had like a re revival in spirits to, to see this is what's bogging you down. Make a plan so that you don't have to speak those words. Mm. Okay? And that's it. From I, I reinvented my company, my uh, consulting company, and the, the slogan is I can. Okay, And I just stopped saying. I just stopped taking those calls. I went to the lawyer. Uh, I said, this is the situation. These are the creditors. This is where we are. And that's it. Yeah. And handed but it yes, over. <laughs> and handed it over so that I can start focusing on new things. You know, I could start getting momentum. I could start moving forward. Yes, I didn't feel like moving forward and forward every day. Look, I was now used to, you know, hiding in my bedroom. So, you know. But yes, some days you weren't feeling like moving. Then you thought tomorrow will be a better day. And tomorrow you were running five or ten paces. And then you would stand still again. But at the end of that week, my business plan won the best business plan. I made the most money in the clock. Okay. And I had the most entrepreneurial capabilities. And what was, so, your, what was your business that you created out of that week? That week was boudoir photography. Because I love photography. I had my camera with me. I had loads of women on the course. Okay. So I thought all, all of them always want to have beautiful pictures of themselves. Okay. And they, they did. They all wanted to have. Okay. So that meant I worked quite late at night. But I mean, that was what it was. Fantastic. Okay, so, uh, yes. So, um, outrageously you. And that outrageously you then became later pillow and hearts. Uh, slogan. Love it. There's so such fabulous colors in there, and you know our products are not for the the mild and the meek or the beige brigade, as I <laughs> as I I call. For people that love you know color and are are ready to tackle life. Um, yes, but that was fantastic because that was the catalyst then for me to start thinking outside of the box again, to start getting through that whole thing that happened to me. And then saying I can, so they uh, they introduced me to the international labour organisation, and they invited me, they sponsored me to go to Italy to the Sustainable Enterprise Development University. Great! And that's where I learned how to network. That's where I learned about sustainable enterprises. That's where I learned about social enterprises. You know, so if all those things didn't happen to me, I must probably would be still be stuck in an engineering company where you know it, it didn't touch my soul yeah okay i was doing it to rescue my husband who really doesn't need rescuing <laughs> <laughs> he's quite yeah. capable of, of yeah. being who he is doing what he does <laughs> yes. so you, you found your entrepreneurial spirit i love that and yeah you know then applied that to you know anything that came your way and, and obviously palo and heart you know, is now the latest version of that or incarnation. Um, yes. Now tell me a little bit about who you speak to and who you share your story to, so for, from Theatre Freedom, um, and what, what's that, what has that taught you when you share it with other people and what do other people get out of it when you share them, that with them? Yes, look, I've mostly been speaking to women's groups. Okay, so women's groups would, would normally invite me, you know, schools and, uh, yes, women's groups, uh, NGOs. Uh, um, yeah, they would, they would call me and say, Myrna, your story is always so exciting. We love to see, you know, we follow you on, on Facebook and see all the things you do because I love traveling and, you know, I love photography and I try and bring it all in with the pillow and heart. And so it's mostly now the pillow and heart story that I tell. Very, mm -hmm. very, very similar to what we did today. Yeah. Okay. So we pretty, and it all depends uh, on, on the audience. Okay. Um, mostly it would be fear to freedom, but you know, sometimes they are not uh, entrepreneurial audience. So I would be speaking more about what difference can you make? You mm -hmm. know, that everybody can make a difference in society. They can be, in their own way, a champion. Uh, 
people, I don't know, they love it when I talk. They say, oh, I can talk. Myrna, you can keep on talking. We love what you're saying. You know, so uh, I, I would come with a, with a theme, but in the end, it would just relate back to, to how we lost the company, how we had the armed robbery, how we had to pick ourselves up and what we've done, you know, and how, how it is possible to learn from these things. How sometimes it's actually... Uh, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but if those things didn't happen to me, I would never know how strong I can be. Mm. You know, these these challenges happen to us. Uh, I think to prepare us for something bigger. You know, to make us stronger. To see, wow, no girl, <laughs> you you've only been jumping this high. You could be jumping that high. Yeah. Um, so I haven't really surveyed the people, you know, and say, oh, okay, what do you think about my talk? Uh, I should actually ask them what part, you know, they like most just for research. Um, yes, but it would mostly be women's groups. Mm. Right. Now and it's, it's, great, it's great that people are coming to you. So yes. you said that they, felt they know you, they follow you on Facebook or they, you know, they know Palo and Heart and they follow you there. Um, is that yes. where you're most known or because you've worked on boards and associations and you're pretty active in the community? Is that how they would know you? My community knows me quite well. Yeah. Okay, because I've always been a, a go-getter, you know. Um, I think from the chamber, yes, people still say, oh, Myrna, are you the president of the chamber? And I don't know, you know, I <laughs> left the chamber already in, in 2014, I think. Um, but it, then I was like really, when I had to reinvent myself, when I got that second breath also, okay. I was like really out there doing a lot of things, maybe also to prove to myself that, listen, you're not a failure. You can do these things, maybe overcompensating on, the, on that side. But yes, I used to be in the newspapers and, you know, bringing projects to the community, making changes, you know, so people knew me. Um, I have tuned down on, on the, the newspaper publicity side for a while. Um, I think because I thought... I was well known and that maybe gave the, the robbers the idea that, you know, mm. who we are, what we are, where we live. Uh, it might not have been, but, you know, that was just what was in my mind. So I've kept a bit of a lower profile in the, the newspapers, but more on, on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. Mm. So people know me in my community, but yes, I would like to, to stretch beyond that now. Mm. That's why I wanted to do the book. Okay. Yeah. Also wanted to know, you kind of want to know what is your story? Is that your story or, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting, isn't okay. it? Like the book, um, <laughs> I'll just fill our listeners in. So for, for our listeners, the book that Myrna is referring to is um, a book that we're both going to be in, um, which is about um, bringing social entrepreneurs together and sharing our stories. Um, and when you speak to people and say, would you like to share your story? I've had many people say to me, I don't have a story. <laughs> What's my story? <laughs> And you're like, you know, and, and I say to them, oh, my God, you know, I know this, this and this about you. And I said, and that's only the bit that I know, you know, a small bit. I'm sure there's a whole lot more. And I think because we live it, we don't really think that it's unique or special in a way. But when we share it with other people, um, you know, different elements of that will resonate um, with different people. So absolutely everybody has a story. Um, I love listening to people's stories. And that's the kind of book that I will go and pick up. Um, and read, yes. you know, autobiographies yes. or people sharing their stories. Um, so I'm super excited about the book. And, I mean, I can't wait to hear your story. And it's all done by a ghostwriter. So, you know, they interview yes. us like we're doing here today. Yes. Um, and, and then they create our story. So I'm absolutely fascinated about what my story will be. And I can't wait to hear <laughs> it. It's, gonna, it's so exciting. And just bringing everybody together and putting it in the book and just th then seeing the connections you know, that kind of happen and, and the similarities and, you know, what would then come out of having, you know, all these people in the book is the exciting bit, you know. That I think that's fantastic. Mm. Yes. So, yes, I've been talking more locally and I've not been advertising. Uh, I, I would like to change that. Yeah. I would like cool. to take more people. Great. Okay, so I would like people from further away say, Myrna, why don't you come and share your story? Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like even what you shared with Palo and Hart, you know, and sharing that on speaking on other people's podcasts like we're doing here today, yes. you yes. know, and, and getting that message out to say, well, this is how I started and this is what you can do in your community like you've made an impact locally. Yes. You know, you, you yes. can um, be, you know, being a champion. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think, yeah, that, that is what I would like to get out of the of the book is to, to also shine a spotlight on the ladies of Ben and Art. Love it, um, love it. So for you, have you had a particular mentor or people that inspired you um, yes. on your journey and, and, and why that particular person and, and how have they inspired you? Yes, definitely. Uh, the person that's inspired me is uh, Jim Rowan. Do you know mm-hmm. Jim Rowan? Yes, yep. When I was young, I was living in England, spreading my wings, you know, that that glittery part before I had a, a gun against my head. Yeah. Um, yes, and, you know, I try everything. So I was the first first one, you know, I like to be the first. I also realized that when I went to that Impratec course, you know, I never realized that I was so driven and so wanting to be the first. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, I was the first um, person to bring Herbalife into South Africa because I met wow. Herbalife in the UK. Okay. And the person, I mean, the motivational person was uh, Jim Rowan. He was employed by, by Mark. So we often had the chance being in London you know, to sit with him and listen to him. And he was just friggin' amazing. I still live by so many things that he said. Sadly, he's passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, but, you know, I still love to go and Google his, his, his speeches, his, mm. his, his teachings. I used to have all the cassettes and whatever. I think that made a huge impact on my life, you know. Attitude is everything and work harder on yourself than what you do on your job, you know, those. He just had these short little snippets that you could easily remember. Mm. And if you, and wherever you are, be there. Is, one of the things I, I've really taken to heart, you know. So short little things that stuck in my mind that mm. I've been able to, to implement. Mm. Yes, now Jim Rowan definitely has made a huge, huge impact on me. Um, his teachings were just so straightforward, you know. And, you could, and they're so relevant, it, aren't they? They're still relevant. Still. Even still, more so because you know, people are are more into that kind of thing now, like you were a very early adopter. Yes. But, you know, people are kind yes. of taking up that mantle and running with it. And, you know, it, it's so relevant, you know, today to everybody. Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, even finding out why you do things. I mean, you know, mm. uh, as you say, Simon is all, Sinek is all about the why. Roger is all about the why. I mean, Jim was telling you that pretty yeah. long ago. That's right. <laughs> And in a very, in a, in a very humorous, down to earth, country boy kind of way. Yeah, approachable yes. way. Love it. By far, he yeah. was uh, the, the person that made the biggest impact on That's me. That's great. So, what do you want yeah. to do more of? Yes, I think I would like to do more speaking because I do. I do love the speaking. Okay. Uh, um, in my other life, look, I've got the company. So the one leg is there now, Pillow and Heart, where I can get to do my creativity and my social good. Okay, mm-hmm. And the other side is entrepreneurial development, uh, the coaching, the mentoring and facilitation. So mm-hmm. I love being in front of a class. Um, okay. So therefore, when I speak in front of people, I just love it. I love mm-hmm. the interaction. I love the the way... You know, the story maybe impacts people. I love knowing that you could be planting a small seed. So by, being like a Jim Rowan, I suppose. You know, being, I would like to do more, more talks, definitely. Right. And what would you like yes. to do less of? Uh, financial projections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with you there. <laughs> You're, you're a creator, aren't you, Myrna? Yeah. Um, Definitely. A creator is, um, yes. for listeners that don't know, it's Roger Hamilton's Wealth Dynamics profiling tool. Um, and a creator is obviously dynamo energy, big picture thinking, very creative. So obviously the creative design element in, in Palo and Heart suits you. Um, but so far away from Lord and Steel, which is data and finances. And, and I'm a supporter, <laughs> so I'm Blaze and People, and I'm super far away from... <laughs> from steel and data stuff as well. <laughs> so yes, I've got the star and I think it's that star profile wanting to come out now that the, yes. the creator is sorted in pillow and art. Yeah, I think yeah. it's that one. And then I've got I've got some mechanic which is fine, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if I if I don't have to do 
uh, you know, looking at all the, you know, these, <laughs> the bill. You'd be happy. And making them, you know, okay, this one must go in this column and this one must go in that column yeah, and yeah. there they must tally up. Yeah. Boy. No. <laughs> yes. Not. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So, what is next for Myrna de Hart? What's your future look like? It's really to get Pelo and Hart to be uh, sustainable. Okay, mm -hmm. so the, the, there's enough markets for the products, so that there's enough cash flow, so that eventually my contribution will become less, which I think we, we're pretty much there. We will have a bit of cash flow now because I've, I've supported them with making the the stock now so i mean there's a lot of stock and now to, to keep that up okay so i'm sure we'll get to the break even soon soon mm. okay so it would be to go out there marketing now uh, mm -hmm. finding supporters that will support the ladies through buying the products because they love the products not because of charity mm. and then the next step would be for me to really see if we can't find funding to start then with why i originally created pillow and heart and that was to have an incubator for young rural women to learn about entrepreneurship, you know, Beautiful. and from there will be new products that will come out that can go into the, the feed or to support them to then, you know, uh, basically we, I want to be the, the little basket where we can protect them until they're big enough to, to reach the market. That's like but for that, I would need money. Okay? Yeah. Um, create, yes. create their little ecosystem, you know, so they're self-sustaining yeah. yeah. and grow. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I think one of the ways I would want to do that is through creating awareness, which would be for me to have more um, talks, you yeah. know, be invited to the platforms. And um, yes, I am sure there is still a big dream out there that must formulate. I still have <laughs> that gut feeling that there's something. Um, I, I just don't know exactly what it is yet. <laughs> Well, you you're know what I mean? yeah, you're absolutely on the path to to finding out. And, you know, I think what you've demonstrated and shared with us is around, you know, taking action um, yes. and then refining, you know, and, yes. and, you know, keep learning as you go. Um, and just the way that you share that, you know, with the people that you work with is so magical. Um, and I've really loved speaking to you today. I mean, as I said before, I could speak to you for hours and hours, you know, so... Um, it's, you're so interesting and got so much going on and you can just hear your passion, you know, when you speak about your stuff. So I absolutely, you know, believe that you will go on and, and you know, share your story and keep speaking to people and, you know, make your mark on the world. So um, I wish you all the luck. Um, oh, thank you so much, Melanie. And thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast today. I've really, really enjoyed um, um, connecting with you. So thanks, Myrna. Thank you. Yes, now I'm ready to start my day early. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to reading your story too, and I hope oh. we can collaborate in some way. Oh, absolutely. I think and that's going to be the fantastic thing. It's so it, exciting. You know, the book can really absolutely. together. Once we read each other's stories, and we'll be mm. like, oh, okay, I didn't know that, or yes, I really get where she's going with that now, and you know, I, I know how I can help her, you know. That yes, we're going to kind yes. of have those conversations and there'll be so many opportunities that come from the book. There's always um, opportunities. Coming and so in. many yeah. connections and potential partnerships and, yeah, it's going to be so exciting. I just get so excited when I start talking about the book. You know, to people, I'm like, what? <laughs> Something I always wanted to do, you know. I always thought of writing my own book, but I didn't think writing about myself. You know, you yes. always think, oh, one day before I die, I'm going to write a book. Yeah, you know, and on? then I would always go, what am I going to write on? Exactly, exactly. And I never yeah. thought, listen, you could actually be part of a book and it could actually be about you. I mean, yeah. just look at that. Yeah. Eh? How things happen, it's fantastic. I know. And then someone writes it for you, even better. <laughs> Much better, you know. I'm loving that. I can sell it, but I don't know how to write it. Yes. Exactly, because no, I, I wouldn't have the patience to sit down and write it. I would get too distracted and it would take too long. <laughs> Yes, but it's yeah. also an objective view, you know, yes. an outside objective view, which which is fantastic. Exactly, okay. and it which gives you some validation at least. Yeah, and, and <laughs> as you say, people think I don't have a story. What story must I tell? Yeah, you know, my friend said, "Are you going to be in a book?" I said, "Yes." She said, "What are you going to say?" I said, "My story." <laughs> you know, she's my best friend. She goes, 
What's the word? Yeah, because she's been with you on the journey, isn't she? So it's not new to her. <laughs> just wait till she story, read, man. Just wait till she reads your book and she'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, you know, like, what story? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, right, my story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, I've got some, um, I just was thinking of, um, do you know Alison Rintoul um, from Rodney no. Community? She runs um, Aquamarine Home. So it's like a homewares online shop. It's really, it's more beachy and ocean inspired. But it's very much in the same vein as um, social entrepreneurs. So she... Um, Aquamarine Home. Aquamarine Home. Yeah, I'll connect the two of you up because there might be some synergies where she can help you get out in Australia, you know, and, and vice versa. Out. You can share what she's doing, you know, over here. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe that might be worth a conversation um, between the two. Uh, and she supports B1G1. She, she's similar to you. Mm -hmm. She actually tells the story behind the product, you know, how it was created, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So she's really, you know, that's her passion as well. So I'll definitely okay. connect the okay. two of you up um, to have a conversation. Thanks. And then um, the other thing to just think of is that um, about being on other people's podcasts. So is another way of speaking if you want to go. Uh, yeah. See, I've never thought of that. Yes. So. And now how do you tune into that? Yeah, well, um, I was just going to say that I've had this podcast with um, Brett Jarman, who uh, is a friend of mine, and we've done some work years ago in the past. And we kind of started, we were both on Roger's Crystal Circle call to get like separate businesses, but we would hear each other every month and we'd go. And so then I'd start working with people and say, oh, I think you need to, Brett's help. And then he'd be sending people to me. And we were kind of doing this. And then after a while, we're like, Maybe we should just work together. Like, it just makes sense. So we did some, did some stuff together, which was really cool. And then he, he rings me one day and he says, what about we do a podcast? And I did not have a clue what a podcast was. I'm like, what is a podcast? Um, and he said, all you have to do is show up and talk. I'm like, I can do that. Supporter. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. So he did all the mechanic, because he's a mechanic, so he did all the technical stuff in the background um, and had it running. So we did that for... Um, about 12 months and then we put it on hold for a while and we're just re-establishing ours now which is great because I can interview you guys and we can you know get some new content and stuff out um, but the thing that we've actually come together to do lately is um, a podcast booking agency so matching podcast hosts with guests wow yeah so maybe um, you've heard of it yeah so they do they probably do it more in America because podcasts are a bit bigger you know they jumped mm -hmm. on the bandwagon a bit sooner. Um, Australia's a bit slow, but we're getting there and podcasts are really... Oh, well, we're not there yet, so... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well so we're, done. Yeah. So we're like, <laughs> let's do it and see if we can, you know, help match those people. So kind of matching hosts. and So think about who your audience, who you want to target, who your audience would be, um, and then, you know, you can do it yourself, like reach out to podcast hosts, listen to some podcasts mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm you know, work out which ones you like, who are they talking to, mm -hmm. who would their listeners be, is that someone that you want to be in front of, you know, and then go and reach out oh, and yeah. say, hey, you know, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast, all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, there's options mm -hmm. that people can help you do that. But just have a think about doing that because that's another way, you know, you can leverage your speaking. Yes, um, yes. And connecting globally, which is where you want to go. Yes. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, I'll definitely... Look into that. Yeah. Never even thought. Because I love your story and what you've got to share and, you know, how you want to, you've got Palo and Heart and then the entrepreneur training and putting that together. And there's probably a whole lot of other people that are doing something similar that could, you know, get you into to kind of mentor them in doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's true. You know, I think, I think that's at, at Roger's last, um, was it the fast forward when we had to think? And I thought, yes, what I am, what I really am is a champion for, mm. for women. Yeah. On one side, for um, skilled women, and on the other side, the rural women. Yeah. And people often want to make a difference, but they don't know how. You That's know? right. So if I talk around this, how you can become a, a champion for a social enterprise, you know, I think that could be a, yes. a niche I mark. like that. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and you've done yeah. it, and this yeah. is how you did it. 
and this is how you can come in and do it if you want to and there's all different ways of doing yes. it yes you know because people are all, some people have asked me now can't i duplicate it in my town or in my province and it's like yep. yes you can yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you could mention so them to becoming do that. a champion for a social. Yeah. So Ooh, that's, I think, love that. we're yes. Love it. Ah, oh, Melanie, thank you so much. It was oh. really great spending my early morning with you. Oh, thank you so much, Myrna, for getting up super early and talking to me. I've loved it. You've been listening to the Business Connections podcast. If you'd like access to the show notes and other resources, or to find subscription options, you can find us at businessconnectionspodcast.com. The Business Connections Podcast is brought to you by the Experts on Air Podcast Network.